to Social Mediators on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM, where we examine the truth disparity between what's on social media and what's actually true. My name's Jillian Parks. And I'm Garrett Goolsby. And this week, we are talking about the one, the only, Helen Keller. Ooh. Is she real? Um, She's contentious on the internet. We'll get into that in a second. I do want to give Garrett some exciting news. Okay, I'm ready. That he doesn't know because... He doesn't have social media, but this is just exciting news to me because I was scrolling through TikTok as one does during my lunch hour and I came across a TikTok that had like a million likes of this girl being like, if you don't know what to join in college as an activity, join college radio. It's awesome. And all these comments were like, I've always wanted to join the radio. And it just made me really happy because I was like, that's us. I do college radio. We do that. We do that, and we have an awesome show, and we have lots of fun. Yeah, um, we're not we don't do in person college radio this semester, but it is it's making the rounds and it's making waves. Crazy. So get excited about that, Garrett. Um, I am excited. People know about the radio and they're pumped, and people they're going to start also... listening to our show, and we're going <laughs> to get famous. <laughs> I don't really know if there's correlation there between those. There things. definitely Should, is. Do you want me to make a TikTok about yes. having college? It will get okay, millions of likes. Okay, cool. I'll do that before our next episode and i'll let you know how it goes if it gets 12 likes which is my typical typical range of likes. well that's not too too bad that's 12 more people then those 12 (laughs) people can tell their 12 friends and then before you know it we have a lot of people wow so basically gary thinks we're gonna be famous by next week it It won't take long but fame isn't all that it's cut out to be sad because it worked out for helen keller I was just about to say it did not work out for Helen Keller. I feel like it kind of did. she's famous, but people are being mean to her online. And here's what I will say about this. is I was kind of shocked when you mentioned that you may or may not believe that Helen Keller was real. Because I thought that this was discourse limited only to social media. Well, because oh, I ahead. should probably preface this with a story. I oh. had never had a reason to doubt Helen Keller in my life until okay. one day a dear friend of mine who I will not name um, oh, okay. for the very slight but still possible chance that he listens to the show. Um, he's a big conspiracy theorist, and he came Got to me it. one day, and he just looked me dead in the eyes, and he said, Garrett, there's just no way Helen Keller was actually blind and deaf and wrote all those books and talked to all those people. And I was like, you know, that is mm. a thing to be curious about. Did that person and I have did social not, media? Yes. I did okay. not give it a second thought after that. Okay, then that makes sense. That was three years say, ago. I think this is, I think that this was a conversation that was popularized and circulated by people on social media. I do have a theory about why, but we'll get to that near the end of my little spiel. Ooh, fun. Um, but I, I truly believe that this did start on social media because I think I, and well, you and I both, grew up in school where you just learned about Helen Keller and learned that she was somebody who was disabled, who overcame great obstacles and did incredible things. And that's what you learn and you go, wow, that's so awesome. And Annie Sullivan was this wonderful woman that helped her through all of it. That's so cool. And then that's the end of it. And then you don't really ever learn about her past elementary school. You just kind of move on and learn about different things. But for the first time ever, I, like you, was had to be confronted with the fact that maybe she isn't all she's, I guess, cracked up to be. Um... And I'm going to talk to you about a couple of the reasons why people are suspicious. I'm ready. First of all, according to social media only, the only source I ever used, obviously, because that's the premise of the show, is that she published 12 books. She was 
real good friends with Mark Twain. She received the Presidential Medal of Freedom, and she flew a plane. She was also a public speaker, despite not being able to see or hear, um, which I'll get into public speaking in a little bit. There is a very vehement side of TikTok and Instagram and Twitter that is basically, it's devolved from a nuanced conversation about like, wow, it's really insane that she'd be able to do all this. Are we sure that this is like completely what we're being told to she's not real? It's devolved into she's not a real person. She's a government bot. She didn't exist, which is not what most thinking people are saying when they bring up this more conspiratorial theory. Most people, when they're bringing it up, are saying either A, that she was not fully blind, was not fully deaf, that she like had more of her senses than we're led to believe, or B, her translator, Annie Sullivan, was lying, and that it was this, just this big stunt it's that she would hoax. go around. Yeah, that she would go around the country and deliver speeches. Because I did actually watch a video of her giving a speech, by the way. And, I mean, as you might expect, it's it's a little bit incoherent of her talking. And then Annie Sullivan comes in and translates what she just said. Because they were, like, really good friends. And they, what do they call her? Her companion? Which yeah, is kind of cute. companion, um, teacher. That they're thing. really good companions. And so she would translate for the people in the room what she had just said. Um, so people think that that was just a big hoax. It was a big lie. These books were not actually written by Helen Keller. Um and so that's like the real argument that people put forth, but it's actually just devolved into a really sad internet discourse about like, this person was blind and deaf, they couldn't have done anything. And you're like, okay, well, you have to use more brain cells than that. But there's that's like the main narrative on social media is that she was a government plant, that she doesn't exist, she's not real, like don't believe her. And then it turns into this like, because there's no real empathy or emotions for this person it devolves into this really nasty debate about like i don't know just being like people who are different than me can't do anything and it becomes like i hate her i hate her because she does things i can't understand and that really does like that puts a yucky feeling in my mouth actively anti helen keller they're not just saying she's not not real she didn't do this thing they actually have animosity toward her yes it's mean it's like she's it's like she's different than me, so she Very must weird. not exist, and I hate her. And it's that's a little bit more of what you see, and there's a lot of videos of people talking about that, and it gets a lot of buzz because it's a lot of people in the comments being like, ha, 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 right? She she can't fly a plane. And I will say that is the crux of most people's argument is like, she can't fly a plane. She's blind and deaf. Oh, it must everything she did must be a lie because she can't fly a plane. But by doing 0.2 more seconds of searching through comments there are people that are actively working to combat that by being like she didn't take off <laughs> she didn't land she didn't steer she actually just held on to the wheel for like 10 minutes yes so by all technicalities she flew a plane but they used to do that for like kids back in the day pre like 9 11 i'm pretty sure um they used to like let kids hold on to the wheel for like 10 minutes if they paid whatever to like quote unquote fly the plane so that's like not an absurd claim but people just hear she flew a plane and go well i couldn't do that and i can see in here so she must not have been able to do it must be a big lie um the other frustrating thing about social media before i turn it over to you to kind of clear up some stuff is that there's like all of the comments are are asking genuinely and this is where i will need you to fill in with genuine curiosity okay if she did these things how did she do them and then everybody just coming back at them and being like, Google's free. Look at her Wikipedia page. 
go watch a movie, go read a book. And it's just like go somewhere else and nobody takes the time to sit down and actually explain to people what happened. I think I have an idea of how she was able to do these things because I like watched an episode of TV once that explained (laughs) it. Um, But I would love to hear what you think because truly if I was scrolling through social media I would and I didn't have any prior knowledge, I would have no idea because there is nobody helpful. Everyone is saying go figure it out or it's not possible. There's not like I was not able to find anybody who would sit down and just like type out a couple sentences about what was going on. So maybe it's too complicated. Kind of. But, but I mean, it makes, surprised. it makes sense that there's like an internet phenomenon of just like that's completely reductive for something that nobody will sit down to explain because people are not willing to go past social media to look for more information, which is the, literally the point of this show. Um, but people are more interested in just like getting a really quick comment or a tweet or a 15 second video that explains everything so they don't have to think they're really unwilling to read a whole book or to watch a whole movie or whatever it is and so what it's become is oh she's not real because i can't figure this out quickly on social media and so i think that's lame and i think the internet discourse is actually really disappointing there's also people that take it the complete opposite way where it's like berating people online being like you're totally ableist and there's probably actually some merit to being like it's ableist to say that people who can't do the things that you do are like not able to do anything. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, there is probably some merit to that, but there's also just like um, a sensitive sort of reactionary thing, which makes sense, but it is more reactionary between like, oh, this person said they don't believe that Helen Keller did these things. You're ableist and you're a bad person and I hate you. Like it is still that same like sort of outrage. I hate you because we aren't able to actually have a dialogue on social media, especially not about Helen Keller for some reason. So I'd love to hear what you found, how she did any of these things, because I have an idea, but I, it's not from social media, that's for certain. Um, uh, before we get into your explanation, Garrett, this is The Social Mediators on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. I'm Jillian Parks. And I'm Garrett Goolsby. And we are currently talking about Helen Keller. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll start at the very, uh, the very beginning of Helen Keller, 1880, June 27th, Tuscumbia, Alabama. Sounds like a lovely oh. place. I've never been there, but that's where she was born. Uh, okay. She got sick with scarlet fever when she was 19 months old, and that's how she became blind and deaf. The illness oh often gosh. causes side effects like that super severe illness. Um, and she began being taught by Ann Sullivan. She was and is a teacher at the Perkins Institute for the Blind in Boston. And she mm-hmm. remained with Helen Keller until the day that Ann Sullivan died. Uh, yeah. So almost 50 years. She died in October 1936. So they were like best buds for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, a fun fact, I think this is... This is an important detail because I, I think the question people would look at uh, Helen Keller's story and say, well, why don't we have more examples of blind and deaf people doing things like this? If she, Why was she specifically able to do this um, and not and not others? There are a few things that were kind of in her favor to allow her to achieve uh, perhaps a bit more than what we typically hear for people that have these disabilities. Um, she had the fortune of being examined by Alexander Graham Bell, who, for those what? of you who don't know, was the inventor of the telephone, but he also worked with deaf people a lot. And her oh. parents sought him out because they had heard that he had had success um, helping children with these severe disabilities uh, learn to read and write. So when Helen Keller was a small child, she was super unruly, super uh, poorly behaved, and her parents thought that an education might might help her with that. And they sought out Alexander Graham Bell because he was a guy that knew at least a little bit about how to teach kids um, 
how to teach kids with this kind of disability how to mm-hmm. how to read and write. So the uh, between the teamwork of Alexander Graham Bell and Ann Sullivan, they developed a method that Ann Sullivan used to teach her uh, how to spell. It was very interesting. Um, I, I also think that one of the only reasons that perhaps she was able to to do this to such great proficiency is there's evidence to suggest that she was super bright even before she became deaf and blind. She started mm-hmm. speaking when she was about six months old, wow. um, which is very young. Yeah, That's like three to six months early. So basically the way they taught her to spell, and this is, it's wild when you think about it, but kids' brains are incredible at being able to pick stuff up. So, mm-hmm. uh, Ann Sullivan would would put the object in her hand um, and would allow Helen Keller to feel it. And then she would trace the shapes of the letters on Helen Keller's hand. So for water, they would go out to the water pump and uh, Ann Sullivan would pump water over Helen Keller's hand. And then she would spell out water by tracing the letters on uh, on her palm. And over time, she got to understand what the shape of each letter was, and then they graduated to pre-cut out letters, so like cardboard letters that she would yeah. uh, she would have all of them arranged in a wooden frame, and she could feel them and feel their shape and put them in the order she wanted to form words. So that's mm-hmm. how she learned to spell and how she learned to start uh, putting sentences together. And by the time she was 10, she was learning to read lips by putting her fingers on the speaker's lips and throat while they were talking and while they were spelling out uh, whatever they were saying and as crazy as it sounds it can be done Um, it's especially you you know people people look at this and say well I could never learn how to do that I say yeah because you're an adult kids can learn how to do things that adults just can't learn how to do if you were you know five years old when you started doing this kind of thing you'd probably be able to do it by the time you were 10 15 years old it's also so, not unfathomable unfathomable to me because even just learning the alphabet with my sight and my, my hearing, like it's repetition that is what teaches it to you. It's like being exposed to it over and over and over and over again. And that's what she was doing, right? Was she was just like repeatedly being exposed to these same letters and these same shapes that they like became meaningful to her is that true that's true actually she was exposed to them to an even greater extent than a kid learning the alphabet in a normal school would um, because ann sullivan lived with them and it came to a point where ann Ann believed that it would be more advantageous for helen's education for them to be separate from her family so they actually just Mm -hmm. lived together and did this uh this practice of feeling feeling things and spelling like all day every day uh for years And that's how she developed these language skills. So she goes on to have like remarkable academic success. She graduated cum laude from Radcliffe College in 1904. And she began to write books about blindness, uh, which was a really big deal at the time because blindness was sort of a taboo subject. A lot of times blindness was caused by uh, STDs. And so people didn't talk about it. They didn't write about it. Um, They kind of just assumed it was this like, okay, you're blind, so something bad has happened there. Right, you know, holy cow. Um, which is not true. And right. <laughs> so anyway, Helen Keller is this pioneer of uh, a blind person writing about her experience and helping other blind people or, and deaf people uh, get, get noticed and get the help that they need and things like that. So like you said, she wrote uh, many, many books and she began how to lecture. How did she write books? Do you know? Yeah, Braille. So when she got to college, she learned, uh, she learned how to read Braille. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a method for essentially, yeah, composing composing sentences via Braille. Through and that's Braille? What, yeah, that's what she did. And um, there's other blind authors. 
No? Yes, there are. So there that are, would there are. that makes sense that there that she could write books that there are people who are who do that. Yes, she was she would be considered I think one of the first of any acclaim. Um, okay, that's why she's such a big deal. She sort of paved the way for people with uh, a blindness or deafness, let alone both, uh, right. to do these kinds of things. That's why she's such an interesting figure. Um, she also raised a ton of money for. Uh, the American Foundation of the Blind. So she started to travel the country in 1913, oh. and she would lecture, like you said, using an interpreter. Um, it, it was typically Ann Sullivan, right? They had this just right. amazing connection and be a, ability to communicate with each other. Um, and so that's how she lectured, and she raised a ton of awareness for the issues that she faced and that many other disabled people faced. Um, and she actually co-founded the American Civil Liberties Union in 1920. Not a lot of people know that, but... Um, she was a, a co-founder of the ACLU and, yeah, played a major role in the improvement of the lives of, uh, of deaf and blind people in the U.S. I'm curious what you would say to the accusation that she was fake, like that her interpreters, her interpreter, her family, whatever, saw that she was like able to make a lot of money off of this and capitalized on it. Um, and like a, a key piece of evidence that I actually, unfortunately, learned from scrolling through TikTok and from a clip of a Michael Knowles podcast. Oh, my. So he's on team. Helen Keller's not real, unfortunately. Um, and he said that the reason he thinks that is because she only flew planes and wrote books while her interpreter was alive. And when Ann Sullivan died, or Annie Sullivan, I, I don't know, I've heard both, um, that she's just stopped doing all that. And to me, that just sounds like grief that sounds like she's has this companion and then no longer does she want to do these things because that's the person she used to do it with but um they said that it's it's pretty clear evidence that she wasn't able to do it without her so I'm, I'm curious what you think on that yeah i you know i don't know I, I don't know that 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 theory has any grounds um first of all being that, that she did get other help after so it wasn't uh you know she had somebody else come help her not too long after Ann Sullivan died, but she did go through a pretty serious period of grieving because they were so close. I mean, talk about somebody you're with for 50 years, basically right. without, uh, without separation. And, um, you know, it's also, I think important to note that by the time Ann Sullivan passed, it's not like Helen Keller was young and still had a ton of, you know, a ton of career left. She was in her, uh, you know, in her fifties or sixties. So yeah, it's not super surprising that, um, her productivity, quote unquote, became less. And I, I also think that that's not necessarily a fair characterization either because she continued to do uh, activist work after Ann Sullivan passed away. Yeah. Um, I think there was there was probably always difficulty in her life um, in, in communicating with other people uh, without, without Ann because, you know, you, when you have developed a relationship with somebody and, and a way of communicating for so long, getting somebody else that hasn't, um, gone through all of that with you into the mix to try to help you, uh, you know, interpret your thoughts. That's a, that's a pretty heavy ask, you know. Um, but to think that they were in it for the money is pretty is pretty ludicrous. Specifically considering that all of her work had to do with advocating for blind people, and uh, it didn't personally enrich her. It personally enriched foundations that um, that were associated with with the blind. I mean, she did she did yeah. well for herself, but it wasn't like she was swimming in money. And um, also, there's no way that her family or or anybody could have known that she was going to make any money 
doing this. Like I said, <laughs> it was a, blindness was a taboo subject. When she was in high school, even in college, no one would have thought that it would have even been okay for her to write all of these books. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Are we ready to give it a grade, Garrett? I think so. Okay, yeah. Well, okay. Are we grading how much social media told me about Helen Keller or the general discourse surrounding her? Let's grade the discourse. I'm feeling oh, okay. salty. Okay, ready? Yeah, me too. Three, two, one. F. F. Bad. <laughs> F. Come on, social media. It's the worst. I, I honestly think social media is the origin of this th- conspiracy um, theory anyway. And it's I think really, it is. Yes. I it's boring. Into it's that. tired. Grow up. She was, I don't know. I wish we could all just revert to elementary school us that said, woohoo, Helen Keller's awesome. Because like, what is the benefit in being like, no. She didn't do it because she's blind and deaf. Like, what is the benefit yeah, in that? People don't want to believe that somebody that's blind and deaf can do things that they couldn't do. I know. Like, why is that Like, why is that at all helpful to society? I'd rather, even if it is a lie, I'd rather believe it. And that's how I feel. And that's how I feel strongly. Do you agree? I think so. Okay, perfect. Glad we're on the same page. So you heard it here first, folks. Um, me and Garrett are in agreement that, or the social mediators actually, endorse Helen Keller. Am I allowed to say that? I think you are. Are we in trouble for No, I don't think so. I think she's in public domain at this point. Yes. Okay, I hope you're right on that one. Okay, cool. Thanks so much for tuning into the social mediators. Um, we'll catch you next week. Bye.